when you're here to worship the Lord, don't judge somebody else's worship. You just worship him the way the Spirit of God and the truth that you're hearing is leading you and let them worship their way. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ward, Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you've joined us as today we continue a message, a prescription for praise. And a reminder just a moment ago from Pastor Ford that we do tend to worship in different styles based on personalities and preferences. And it doesn't mean that one is necessarily right over another. We can look to Scripture and find maybe general guidelines, but there's a lot of discretion in there. And so as long as we are worshiping the Lord for who he is, what he has done for us, as long as we're doing so in a biblical manner, there is room for differences there. But there are some principles that we can pull from scripture to help lead us in worship. And that's what we're looking at in today's broadcast. So if you can, I hope you'll open your Bible and join us in Psalm 47 as we continue a message, a prescription for praise. Here is Pastor Ford. Why in his presence? Why are you asking us to rejoice in his presence? You said, Pastor, that his spirit and truth. I feel the spirit. Give me the truth. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Watch this. Now it's in verses 2, verse 6, 7, and 9. Now watch this. The first thing he says, we rejoice in his presence because of his kingship over his people. So verse 2 says he's king over us. Man, I have a sovereign king. Obama, President Obama, uh, he's a great man, all that kind of stuff, but he ain't my king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mayor of city of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, he he cool cat, but he ain't my king. Every time I come to church, I am reminded my boss ain't my king. No, 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 no. What's going on in my neighborhood doesn't have sovereignty over me. I am reminded right now, nothing can happen in my life unless my king allows it. And everything that I need to be delivered from, he will deliver me. His kingship over his people. But then look at verse 6, his covenant with his people. I'm in covenant with God. I mean, I know the true and living God. He lives in me. Man, that's powerful. Then thirdly, verse 7, his kindness to his people. Man, he begins to talk about how good God has been to us. And then verse 9, his care for his people. See that? When you come in and you are reminded of his kingship over his people, his covenant with his people, his kindness to his people, his care for his people, you ought to rejoice in his presence. Now notice secondly with me, not just rejoicing in his presence, verse 2, reverence for his person. You say, why why do we praise him and worship him and cut up and act a fool sometimes and then think about what God said at other times? Why do we do that? Listen, for the Lord most high is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. Stop, that's enough. Look at how he focuses on the person of God. He calls him Elohim, that's the word for God. It's a plural plural noun, which speaks of the Trinity. Uh, then he calls him Lord. Then he calls him Most High. Then he calls him King. Then he says, that ain't good enough. I'm gonna call him the Great King. Then he calls him Terrible. Let me tell you what he's saying. He's saying God is sovereign, because that's the Tetragrammaton. What's the Tetragrammaton? Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's God's proper name. That's what he uses. So he says he's sovereign. Then he used the word 
word that, that says he's the creator. Then he uses the word that says he's a redeemer. Then he strings three words together, king, great king, terrible, to talk about the absolute sovereignty of God. What's he trying to do? He's trying to create awe. He's trying to create awe. Say, what is awe? Vance Abner, you know I got his quote book because it's the second time I quoted him. He said, Christians have lost their awe and they've become awful. He said, it's getting to be if you want a fellowship with the average Christian, you got to backslide to do it. Okay, so, so I was just away. I was just away. I, it, was, it was rough. It was rough. I come in here this morning and I'm telling you, uh, uh, I got up this morning and I said, only reason I'm going to church today, uh, uh, Lord, is because I'm the pastor. That's it. And on the way here, I, I started bumping Kurt Franklin uh, uh, praise on Sirius. And I said, now, God, prepare my heart because this is not it's not prepared. And, and I said, do something. I came in here and they sang that song and that did it. That changed my whole motivation. I was ready to preach. Say, what are you trying to do? Create awe. In other words, why not just say God is great? No, he's Lord, God, El Yon, Elohim, Yahweh. Absolute. Why all that? What's he doing? He could just say the Lord is a great God, but no, that's not going to create the reverence. This word literally means uh, to be so awed by somebody that you're in fear of them. Man, this is, this is the honor. I'm not going to go through. I wish I could read every one of them. But Deuteronomy 4.10, Deuteronomy 5.29, Deuteronomy 6.2, Deuteronomy 6.13, Psalm 33.8, Psalm 34.9. Let me just read one of them for you because there's what it says in the closest one to me. Psalm 34.9, listen to what he says. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. You hear that? You should read the rest of them. Deuteronomy says, I want you to teach your children how to fear me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and he connects this reverence for his person with his blessing. I had a dog. His name was Boaz. He was a child. We had him for two and a half years. Somebody asked me where he is. Well, you know, you're, I said where he is, but you're supposed to say where is he? You know, that's proper English. Okay. So, okay. So uh, he's dead. Why is he dead? Because I took it to the pound. Why you take it to the pound? Because that joker, I'm putting food in his cage. He gonna growl and snap at me. You crazy. You think that I'm gonna provide everything for you, shelter, roof over your head, food on your table, take you out to let you do your business, and you gonna snap at me? See, I had a dog. Most of y'all got teenagers. <laughs> and so God says he wants his respect. Respect for his person. Why? Here it is. The attributes of his person. What are you talking about? God, Elohim. That's his name in creation. Lord, Yahweh. That's his name in redemption. Most high, El Yon. That's his name in power. Now get this. He uses in these few verses, there's only nine verses. You know how many times he uses Elohim? Eight times. Now, let me just tell you some stuff. Masorites, when they would write the Old Testament, every time they came across the name Elohim, God, guess what they would do? Say what? They would get a new quill and write that name and throw it away after they wrote it. 
So that means when he was doing this psalm, he needed eight quills. Now, he couldn't go to Walgreens and get an eight-pack of pens for $1.99. They had to go through a process that sometimes took an hour just to make one pen. Can you imagine that? So that's eight hours just to write his name eight times. Doesn't say anything about the rest. That's respect. But guess what? His name in the Tetragrammaton, Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, guess what? Every time they came across that name, they would take a bath. So then, in this small nine verses, he needed eight pens and four baths. Now, you know if he's going to translate from Genesis to Revelation, do you know how many baths he would have to take? Over 6,500 baths. That's respect. I'm old school in the house. I'm old school. So I never was into alcohol and all that kind of stuff because uh, my, my mom was shacking with an alcoholic, Mr. Lucky. So I didn't like alcohol. I saw what it did. So I just settled for reefer and wine. And um, yeah, I just settled for reefer and wine, you know. So, so here's what we used to do, Mike. You, you, you're too young for this one. We would get, now in Pittsburgh, the, the favorite wine was Tiger Rose. Tiger Rose was a gallon for four ninety five. You know, so that's some cheap wine. Go ahead and say it. And so here's what we do. Let's say we're going by the church. We hit that corner. Well, when we buy the wine, what's the first thing we would do? Where are my wine heads? Pour some out for all the guys who've gone on. They died of sclerosis of the liver. All right. Then when we hit that corner, what would we do? Hey, give me that cap. We put the cap on the wine bottle, we would not drink in front of the church. Let's say somebody let out an expletive. Hey, man, we're in front of a church. Don't you cuss like that. Anybody else old school uh, remember this? Check this out. All of a sudden now, and you know I came from a small family of 10, uh, nine boys and one tomboy. That's right. And guess what? Uh, you see the cloud over the horizon, and all the kids will get sad. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because mama would say, all y'all get in the living room. And we'd all come in the living room. Then the clouds would come overhead. And the lightning and the thunder and the rain would come. And we had to sit there in the dark, no TV, no radio, and we better not say anything. Because mama was like Mr. Fantastic. Anybody know who I'm talking about, Mr. Fantastic? Her arms seemed to be able to reach no matter how long or far away you were, ooh, pow, I said, shut up. Now, how many old school had that experience? Let me see you. Help me out, help me out. When we say, why do we have to do this all together? Because God is working, he's speaking. And I say to my brother, not, not loud, and after we were done with it, mama crazy. <laughs> that was a thunderstorm. Well, no God speaking. But we had to sit there until the storm was over because mama was taught, you disrespect God if you're listening to something, if you're watching something, if you're saying something to someone else when God is speaking. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., a message entitled A Prescription for Praise. And we're going to get back to this teaching in just one moment. Want to let you know if you ever miss a broadcast, you can find it at our website. It's treasuretruthradio.org. 
While you're there, if you want to make sure that you don't miss a future broadcast, you can sign up to begin podcasting this program. You can also find the Moody Radio app, or at least links to that. You can download that for your Apple products and your Android products, and that's a great way to listen when it's convenient for you. Again, you'll find those links at treasuretruthradio.org. Again, here's Pastor Ford. We have no respect whatsoever nowadays for God. There's things that we would never do in church that people do. Okay, okay, you say, what, what do you mean? Do you realize what we have to do? We have to place people outside of the women's bathroom because we got 25 stalls. Guess what? All of the toilet paper has been stolen at least 11 times. Somebody goes in. Now, they put new toilet paper in after the 8 o'clock service, and, and then somebody said there's no toilet paper in the women's bathroom. He said, we just put 25 rolls in there. Somebody went in and took all 25 rolls. I was telling the guys, I, want, I don't want anybody out there on those couches. Some of our young people, because we're not having youth services, are sitting up there. They don't want to be in the sanctuary. I have told them, listen, here's what you do. You tell them, get in the sanctuary. If they don't get in the sanctuary, they want to play games. When you go down, they run out. You bring them here and put them in the first row. They're going to be my guests. And starting next Sunday, just tell me their names. And in the midst of the service, I'm going to call their parents' name out and say, Sister so-and-so, Brother so-and-so, your child is sitting up on the couch uh, up in the room. Would you go get your child, please? See, see, once I start doing that, ain't nobody going to be sitting up there. But, But my point is, there used to be a time when you sat in church You sat by your parents, you kept your mouth shut, you paid attention, they didn't have to say anything. They slid that hand over, they grabbed them a piece of meat, and they twisted it. And you better not holler. You better not holler. In the old church, you'd never see paper in the pew after the people left. Everybody thought it was their responsibility to make sure where they sat was clean, even if they didn't mess it up. Oh, let me give you these last two. Here they are. Here they are. Here's the last two. Notice. So what's he talking about then? Uh, if we understand praise, uh, it's because of, here's the third reason, uh, reverence for his person. Notice what he says. Responding to his provisions. Say, what are you talking about? They talk about the materials of his presence, what he supplied, and, he's, and they, they go on to say uh, that he has made us conquerors. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved. So he's telling us the motivation of why God does something. He says, yes, we are more than conquerors. We have victory. God has done this for us. He continues to do it for us. He's made us conquerors, but he's made us comfortable. And so the motivation of his provision was his passion and his promise. So he says, listen, here's here's what praise is. Rejoicing in his presence, reverence for his person, responding to his provisions. Uh, now, now, my wife will tell you, whenever I drive the toll road, every time I come to where you pay the money, I grab the coins and I slam them in. So whenever she's with me, on one occasion she said, I don't understand that. Why are you always slamming that stuff in? I said, you really want to know? She said, I really want to know. I said, well, here's what I like about this. I don't care how I give it what it wants. The green light always comes on and it always says, thank you. <laughs> she said, you, you are crazy as a spray roach. 
I said, but think about this. We want from God, but often God doesn't give it to us the way we want it. And so we're not appreciative of it. So if we say God, uh, like one sister, we talk, we talk, we talk, and we share it. I've shared it before. She gave me permission. And so, you know, I use it all the time. Sister came to me and said, you know, my daughter, uh, she's acting up and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this, that, and the other. And uh, I, need, I need God to do something. I had a brother come to me. He said, man, my son is just acting up, acting up. Pray with me. So I prayed with the brother. Guess what? Their children went to jail. This brother said to me, see, that's why I don't like to go to God about stuff. I'm praying about my son getting straightened out and God sends him to jail. I said, well, at least you know it was God. I said, now, well, here's what you need to do. You need to take a chill pill and let God work. Guess, guess what happened? He got saved in jail. Amen. He got saved in jail. And... He's a preacher now. I said, you got to be kidding me. I, and I went to him, I said, so what do you think about what God did now? He does all things well. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now let me get the last one and I'm done, I'm done. Last one, I'm done. The recognition of his power. Let me just read this. In, in the midst of everything that's going on, this ought to give us hope. Listen to what it says. It says, eight, God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth on the throne of his holiness. That means all this mess that's going on, all this persecution against Christians, I ain't worried about it. Oh yeah, I told you get me out of jail, I'm gonna preach the gospel, but I'm not worried about it. Listen to this. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. Here's what he's saying. God's over the heathen. What's the shield for? To protect. What he's saying is this. You need to realize that God, he will always protect you. I tell this story all the time, but I love this story. This actually happened. We were living on Escanaba. We were in the DMZ. We were between the vice lords and the disciples, and they would be fighting all the time. Our yard was, must have been in neutral territory. They would go across our yard. So one day I went home from church and, uh, you know, went to, uh, you know, because I only shop at exclusive stores. So I went to Aldi's, got me some bread for 25 cents, got me some bologna for 59 cents, got some mustard for 15 cents, got me some tomatoes and some lettuce, all of that for less than $2. And a pack of Kool-Aid to put in my mason jar. I go home. I cut up my sandwich, I get me some potato chips, I'm eating. All of a sudden I hear expletive the leader, expletive the leader coming through my yard. And so I said, uh, hey, um, fellas, two guys, both of them soaking wet, wouldn't, wouldn't be half of my weight. Walking through my yard, cussing, I say, hey, fellas, hey, fellas, man, y'all walking through my yard like it's a freeway. Man, y'all better be glad my dogs ain't out. I had two pit bulls. One guy said, you better be glad your dog ain't out. See, I ain't always been saved. And so I started down this. I said, what did you say? And the Holy Spirit said, stop. How would it look in tomorrow's paper? Pastor fights with gangbangers. Gangbangers shoot pastor. I said, okay, Lord, vengeance is mine. I repay, saith the Lord. I turned around. You know what that joker said? You better turn around. I went in the house. I said, now, Lord, you know I got to live here. You know, I can't have these two guys thinking they can punk me like that. Oh, Lord, you got to do something about this. My son was going to, uh, uh, he was going to Olive Harvey, get his two years, and then, and then go on. So he comes in about a half hour later. He said, Dad, Dad. He said, man, uh, the popo, man, they got a guy down there. I said, really? I said, he didn't have on a baseball cap, did he? He said, yeah. 
I said, he didn't have on jeans with holes in the front. Yeah. He had on a striped shirt. Yeah. I said, come on, come on, come on, come on. So we went, this is about three o'clock in the afternoon. We went down there and, and uh, I got there just in time. Big old burly cop had him by the scrap of the neck and had him by the seat of the pants and threw him in the back of the squad Boom! I stood on the corner, all the neighbors watching. I said, thank you, Jesus. I love you. Hallelujah. I praise you. You're, my son was saying, dad, what you doing, man? What you doing? I said, I'm praising him, man. That little punk disrespected me. And guess what God did? Put your hands up, son. He said, I'm going to the house, dad. I'm going to the house. <laughs> I finished praising God because I said, you know what, God, you sure are good. You got his little tail whooped and it was legal. So I, I close, I close. But here it is. Henry Ward Beecher uh, was the pastor of the famed First Presbyterian Church of New York City. Uh, was the first me- uh, was a, a mega church before mega churches were known to be mega church. He had about fifteen thousand members. This is in the early nineteen hundreds. That was a big church and one of the biggest in the nation at that time. And so he was going on vacation. He asked his brother Thomas Ward Beecher to come and preach. Came preaching time, and Thomas Ward came out to mount the pulpit, and thousands of people got up to walk out. Thomas Ward Beecher said, "Stop!" And everybody stopped. He said, those who came to worship my brother, Henry Ward Beecher, you may leave. Those who came to worship Jesus Christ, you may sit down. And everybody came back and sat down. He just made it plain. When you're here to worship the Lord, don't judge somebody else's worship. You just worship him the way the Spirit of God and the truth that you're hearing is leading you and let them worship their way. If you want to reflect and, and muse upon the goodness of God, you go ahead and do that. If you want to celebrate and shout, you should feel free to do that. But I submit to you that all of that ought to be going on with everybody because it's spirit and truth, not spirit or truth. Bless the name of the Lord. You know, we are to worship God in spirit and in truth. That's really the prescription for praise from Pastor James Ford Jr. We're listening to Treasure Truth, and if you missed any portion of this three-day study, you can find it in its entirety at our website. Just come to treasuretruthradio.org. You know, it's so important to have godly biblical voices speaking into our lives on a daily basis, whether they come from a friend or from a radio program like this one. And at Moody Radio, we're here to provide encouraging Bible teaching and instruction for your daily walk with Christ. But we can't do that without your support. When you become a monthly partner, your monthly gifts will help provide these sermons from Pastor Ford, reaching countless men and women with godly wisdom and guidance. To become a monthly partner and to help share these teachings with others, just give us a call, 888-644-7660, or come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. And to thank you for your support of Moody Radio, when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more, you're going to receive a 50% discount on all Moody Publisher resources. Now, that includes DVDs, Bibles, books, and commentaries from authors like Jerry Jenkins, Gary Chapman, Tony Evans, and many, many more. Again, this 50% discount on all Moody Publisher resources is yours when you become a monthly partner by auto gift at a level of $30 or more. So call now. Again, our number is 888-644-7660. Or if it's easier, you can give online. Just go to treasuredtruthradio.org. 
Well, I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios. I hope you'll join us Wednesday as Pastor Ford teaches from Luke chapter 6 here on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.